Act Two of Trelawney of the Wales by Arthur Wing Pinero. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The scene represents a spacious drawing room in the house at Cavendish Square. The walls are somber in tone, the ceiling dingy, the hangings, though rich, are faded, and altogether the appearance of the room is solemn formal and depressing on the right are folding doors admitting to a further drawing-room beyond these is a single door the wall on the left is mainly occupied by three sash windows the wall facing the spectators is divided by two pilasters into three panels on the centre panel is a large mirror reflecting the fireplace on the right hangs a large oil painting a portrait of sir william gower in his judicial wig and robes. On the left hangs a companion picture, a portrait of Miss Gower. In the corners of the room there are marble columns, supporting classical busts, and between the doors stands another marble column, upon which is an oil lamp. Against the lower window there are two chairs and a card table. Behind a further table, supporting a lamp, stands a threefold screen. The lamps are lighted, but the curtains are not drawn, and outside the window it is twilight sir william gower is seated near a table asleep with a newspaper over his head concealing his face miss trafalgar gower is sitting at the further end of the couch also asleep and with a newspaper over her head at the lower end of this couch sits mrs de Phoenix, clara a young lady of nineteen with a married air she is engaged upon some crochet work on the other side of the room near a table rose is seated wearing the look of a boredom which has reached the stony stage on another couch arthur sits gazing at his boots his hands in his pockets on the right of this couch stands captain de phoenix leaning against the wall his mouth open his head thrown back and his eyes closed de phoenix is a young man of seven-and-twenty an example of the heavily whiskered swell of the period everybody is in dinner dress after a moment or two arthur rises and tiptoes down to rose clara raises a warning finger and says hush he nods to her in assent arthur on rose's left in a whisper quiet isn't it rose to him in a whisper quiet arthur clutching his arm oh this dreadful half hour after dinner every every evening arthur creeping across to the right of the table and sitting there grandfather and aunt trafalgar must wake up soon they're longer than usual to-night rose to him across the table your sister clara over there and captain de phoenix when they were courting did they have to go through this yes and now that they are married they still endure it yes and we when we are married arthur shall we yes i suppose so rose passing her hand across her brow if you the phoenix fast asleep is now swaying and in danger of toppling over clara grasps the situation and rises clara in a guttural whisper ah frederick no 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 rose and arthur turning in their chairs ah uh, what ah uh. as clara reaches her husband he lurches forward into her arms the phoenix his eyes bolting 
Oh, who? Frederick, dear, wake. The phoenix dazed. How did this occur? You were tottering, and I caught you. The phoenix collected his senses. I remember. I placed myself in an upright position, dearest, to prevent myself dozing. Clara sinking onto the couch. How you alarmed me. Seeing that Rose is laughing, the phoenix comes down to her. Might have been a very serious accident, Mr. Lorney. Rose seating herself on the footstool. Oh, never mind. Pointing to the chair she has vacated. Sit down and talk. He glances at the old people and shakes his head. Oh, do, 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 do sit down and let us all have a jolly whisper. He sits. Thank you, Captain Fred. Go on, tell me something, anything, something about the military. The phoenix again looking at the old people, then wagging his finger at Rose. I know. You want to get me into a row. Settling himself into his chair. Oh, it girl. Rose despairingly. Ah. <sighs> there is a brief pause, and then the sound of a street organ playing in the distance is heard. The air is ever of thee. Hark! Hark! Hush! Hush! Rose heedlessly. The song I sang in the peddler, the peddler in Marseille, the song that used to make you cry, Arthur. They attempt vainly to hush her down, but she continues dramatically in hoarse whispers. And then Raphael enters, comes on to the bridge. The music continues softly. Raphael, why have you kept me waiting? Man, do you wish to break my heart? Thumping her breast. Oh, and heart, Raphael! Sir William and Miss Gower suddenly whip off their newspapers and sit erect. Sir William is a grim, bullet-headed old gentleman of about seventy. Miss Gower, a spare, prim lady of gentle manners, verging upon sixty. They stare at each other for a moment, silently. What a hideous riot, Trafalgar! Rose, dear, I hope you have been mistaken. But through my sleep I fancied I could hear you shrieking at the top of your voice. Sir William gets on to his feet. All rise except Rose, who remains seated sullenly. Trafalgar, it is becoming impossible for you and me to obtain repose. Turning his head sharply. Ha! Ah, is not that a street organ? To Miss Gower. An organ? Undoubtedly. An organ in a square at this hour of the evening. Singularly out of place. Sir William looking round. Well, well, well. Does no one stir? Rose, under her breath. Oh, don't stop it. Clara goes out quickly. With a great show of activity, Arthur and the Phoenix hurry across the room, and when there, do nothing. Sir William coming upon Rose and peering down at her. What are ye upon the floor for, my dear? Have we no cheers? To Miss Gower, producing his snuff-box. Do we lack cheers here, Trafalgar? Miss Gower going to Rose. My dear Rose. Raising her. Come, 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 this is quite out of place. Young ladies do not crouch and huddle upon the ground, do they, William? Sir William taking snuff. A moment ago I should have hazarded the opinion that they do not. <laughs> Clara returns, the organ music ceases abruptly. Clara coming to Sir William. Charles was just running out to stop the organ when I reached the hall, Grandpa. 
"'Ye'd surely no intention, Clara, "'of venturing yourself into the public street, "'the open square.' "'Clara, faintly. "'I meant only to wave at the man from the door.' "'Oh, Clara, that would hardly have been in place.' "'Sir William raising his hands. "'In mercy's name, Trafalgar, "'what is befalling my household?' Miss Gower, bursting into tears. Oh, William! Rose and Clara creep away and join the others. Miss Gower totters to Sir William and drops her head upon his breast. Tut-tut, tut-tut. Miss Gower, between her sobs. I, I, I know what is in your mind. <sighs> oh, my dear brother, be patient. Patient. Forgive me, I should have said hopeful. Be hopeful that I shall yet succeed in ameliorating the disturbing conditions which are affecting us so cruelly. Ye never will, Trafalgar. I've tried. Oh, do not despond already. I feel sure there are good ingredients in Rose's character. Clinging to him. In time, William, we shall shape her to be a fitting wife for a rash and unfortunate Arthur. He shakes his head. In time, William, in time. Sir William soothing her. Well, well, well. There, there, there. At least, my dear sister, I am perfectly aware that I possess in you the woman above all others whose example should compel such a transformation. Miss Gower throwing her arms about his neck. Oh, brother, what a compliment. Tut, tut, tut. And now, before Charles sets the card table, don't you think we had better? Eh, Trafalgar? Yes, yes, our disagreeable duty. Let us discharge it. Sir William takes snuff. Rose, dear, be seated. To everybody. The vice-chancellor has something to say to us. Let us all be seated. There is consternation among the young people. All sit. Sir William peering about him. Are ye seated? Yes. 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 What I desire to say is this. When Miss Trelawney took up her residence here, it was thought proper, in the peculiar circumstances of the case, that you, Arthur, pointing a finger at Arthur, you, yes, sir, that you should remove yourself to the establishment of your sister Clara and her husband in Holly Street, round the corner. Yes, sir. Yes, Grandpa. Certainly, Sir William. Taking your food in this house and spending other certain hours here under the surveillance of your great aunt Trafalgar. Yes, William. This was considered to be a decorous, and, towards Miss Trelawney, a highly respectful course to pursue. Yes, sir. Any other course would have been out of place. And yet... Again extending a finger at Arthur. What is this that is reported to me? I don't know, sir. I hear that ye have, on several occasions, at night, after having quitted this house with Captain and Mrs. de Ferney, 
and seen on the other side of the way, your back against the railings, gazing up at Miss Trelawney's window, and that you have remained in that position for a considerable space of time. Is this true, sir? Rose, boldly. Yes, Sir William. I venture to put a question to my grandson, Miss Trelawney. Yes, sir, it is quite true. Then, sir, let me acquaint you that these are not the manners, nor the practices, of a gentleman. No, sir. No, sir. They are the manners and the practices of a troubadour. A troubadour in Cavendish Square? Quite out of place. I... I'm very sorry, sir. I... I never looked at it in that light. <laughs> but at the same time, sir, I dare say... Of course, I don't speak from precise knowledge. But I dare say there were a good many... A good many... Good many what, sir? A good many very respectable troubadours, sir. Rose starting to her feet heroically and defiantly. And what I wish to say, Sir William, is this. I wish to avow, to declare before the world, that Arthur and I have had many lengthy interviews while he has been stationed against those railings over there. I murmuring to him softly from my bedroom window, he responding in tremulous whispers. Sir William is struggling to his feet. You? You tell me such things? All rise. The square in which we have resided for years? Our neighbors? Sir William shaking a trembling hand at Arthur. The, the character of my house. Again, I am extremely sorry, sir. But these are the only confidential conversations Rose and I now enjoy. Sir William turning upon Clara and the Phoenix. And you, Captain de Ferney? an officer and a gentleman and you clara this could scarcely have been without your cognizance without perhaps your approval charles in plush and powder and wearing luxuriant whiskers enters carrying two branch candlesticks with lighted candles the card table sir william miss gower agitatedly yes yes by all means charles the card table as usual to sir william a rubber will comfort you, soothe you. Charles carries the candlesticks to the card table. Sir William and Miss Gower seat themselves upon a couch, she with her arm through his affectionately. Clara and De Phoenix get behind the screen. Their scared faces are seen occasionally over the top of it. Charles brings the card table, opens it, and arranges it, placing four chairs which he collects from different parts of the room round the table. Rose and Arthur talk in rapid undertones infamous infamous be calm rose dear be calm tyrannical diabolical i cannot endure it she throws herself into a chair he stands behind her apprehensively endeavouring to calm her arthur over her shoulder they mean well dearest rose hysterically well <laughs> but they are rather old-fashioned people old-fashioned they belong to the time when men and women were put to the torture. I am being tortured, mentally tortured. 
they have not many more years in this world nor i at this rate many more months they are killing me like agnes in the spectre saint ives she expires in the fourth act as i shall die in cavendish square painfully of no recognized disorder and anything we can do to make them happy to make the vice-chancellor happy i won't try i will not he's a fiend a vampire oh hush rose snatching up sir william's snuff-box which he has left upon the table his snuff-box i wish i could poison his snuff as lucretia borgia would have done she would have removed him within two hours of my arrival i, I mean her arrival opening the snuff-box and mimicking sir william and here he sits and lectures me and dictates to me to miss trelawney i venture to put a question to my grandson miss trelawney <laughs> taking a pinch of snuff thoughtlessly but vigorously yeah pish have we no cheers do we let cheers here trafalgar oh what have you done rose in suspense replacing the snuff-box the snuff rose dear rose putting her handkerchief to her nose and rising uh. charles having prepared the card-table and arranged the candlesticks upon it has withdrawn miss gower and sir william now rise the table is prepared william arthur i assume you would prefer to sit and contemplate rose thank you aunt rose sneezes violently and is led away helplessly by arthur miss gower to rose oh my dear child looking round where are frederick and clara appearing from behind the screen shamefacedly here the intending players cut the pack and seat themselves sir william sits facing captain de phoenix miss gower on the right of the table and clara on the left arthur while this is going on to rose are you in pain dearest rose agony pinch your upper lip she sneezes twice loudly and sinks back upon the couch sir william testily shush 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 this is to be whist i hope rose rose young ladies do not sneeze quite so continuously the phoenix is dealing sir william with gusto i will thank you captain de Fernet, to exercise your intelligence this evening to its furthest limit i'll try sir <laughs> last night sir poor frederick had toothache last night grandpa whist is whist clara and toothache is toothache we will endeavour to keep the two things distinct if you please <laughs> your interruption was hardly in place clara dear ah hey what a misdeal clara faintly oh frederick sir william partly rising captain de ferney i i'm frightfully grieved sir the cards are redealt by miss gower rose now gives way to a violent paroxysm of sneezing sir william rises william the players rise sir william to the players is this whist may i ask they sit sir william standing miss trelawney rose weakly uh, i think i had better uh, what do you call it withdraw for a few moments sir william sitting again do so rose disappears arthur is leaving the room with her miss gower sharply 
Arthur, where are you going? Arthur returning promptly. I beg your pardon, Aunt. Really, Arthur? Sir William rapping upon the table. Tish, tish, tish. Forgive me, William. They play. Sir William intent upon his cards. My snuff-box, Arthur. Be so obliging so as to search for it. Arthur brightly. I'll bring it to you, sir. It is on the... Keep your voice down, sir. We are playing. Emphatically throwing down a card as fourth player. West. Mine. Miss Gower picking up the trick. No, William. Sir William glaring. No. Clara played a trump. Yes, sir. Clara played a trump. The seven. I will not trouble you, Captain de Ferney, to echo Miss Gower's information. Very sorry, sir. Miss Gower gently. It was a little out of place, Frederick. Shush. Whist. Arthur is now on Sir William's right with the snuff-box. Hey, what? Taking the snuff-box from Arthur. Oh, thank ye. Much obliged. Much obliged. Arthur walks away and picks up a book. Sir William turns in his chair, watching Arthur. Huge play, William. A pause. William, dear? She also turns, following the direction of his gaze. Laying down his cards, Sir William leaves the card table and goes over to Arthur slowly. Those at the card table look on apprehensively. Sir William, in a queer voice. Arthur. Arthur, shutting his book. Excuse me, Grandfather. Ye, ye're a troublesome young man, Arthur. I, I don't mean to be one, sir. As your poor father was before ye. And if you are fool enough to marry, and to beget children, doubtless your son will follow the same course. Taking snuff. <laughs> yes, but I shall be dead and gone by that time, it's likely. <laughs> Pish! I shall be sitting in the court above by that time. From the adjoining room comes the sound of Rosa's voice singing Ever of Thee to the piano. There is great consternation at the card table. Arthur is moving towards the folding doors. Sir William detains him. No, no. Let her go on, I beg. Let her continue. Returning to the card table with deadly calmness. We will suspend our game while this young lady performs her operas. Miss Gower rising and taking his arm. William! Sir William in the same tone. I fear this is no longer a comfortable home for ye, Trafalgar. No longer the home for a gentlewoman. I apprehend that in these days my house approaches somewhat closely to a pandemonium. Suddenly taking up the cards in a fury and flinging them across the room. And this is whist! Whist! Clara and the phoenix rise and stand together. Arthur pushes open the upper part of the folding doors. Rose, stop! Rose! The song ceases and Rose appears. Rose at the folding doors. Did anyone call? You have upset my grandfather. Miss Trelawney, how, how dare you do anything so, so out of place? 
there's a piano in there miss gower you are acquainted with the rule of this household no music when the vice-chancellor is within doors but there are so many rules one of them is that you may not sneeze ha huh. you must never answer no that's another rule oh for shame you see aunt rose is young and and you make no allowance for her give her no chance great heaven what is this you are charging me with i don't think the rules of this house are fair to rose oh i must say it they are horribly unfair miss gower clinging to sir william brother trafalgar putting her aside and advancing to arthur oh indeed sir and so you deliberately accuse your great aunt of acting towards ye and miss trelawney mala fide grandfather what i intended to i will afford ye the opportunity of explaining what ye intended to convey downstairs at once in the library a general shudder oblige me by following me sir to clara and to phoenix captain de ferney i see no prospect of any further social relaxation this evening you and clara will do me the favor of attending in the hall in readiness to take this young man back to holy street giving his arm to miss gower my dear sister to arthur now sir sir william and miss gower go out arthur comes to rose and kisses her good night dearest oh good night oh rose sir william outside the door mr arthur gower i'm coming sir he goes out quickly the phoenix approaching rose and taking her hand sympathetically oh i really oh yes i know what you would say thank you captain fred clara embracing rose never mind we will continue to let arthur out at night as usual i am a married woman joining the phoenix and a married woman will turn if you tread upon her often enough the phoenix and clara depart rose pacing the room shaking her hands in the air desperately <sighs> the upper part of the folding doors opens and charles appears charles mysteriously miss rose what charles advancing i see sir william and the rest descend the stairs i have been awaiting the chance of handing you this miss rose he produces a dirty scrap of paper wet and limp with writing upon it and gives it to her rose handling it daintily oh it's damp yes miss a little gentle shower have been taking place outside eight spots cook says rose reading ah from some of my friends charles behind his hand professional miss rose rose intent upon the note yes yes i was reprimanding the organ miss when i observed them lolling against the square railings examining our premises and they ventured forth to beckon me an extremely affable party miss hiding his face oh one of them caused me to laugh rose excitedly referring to the note they want to speak to me 
to impart something to me of an important nature oh charles i know not what to do charles languishingly whatever friends may loll against them railings opposite miss rose you have one true friend in this house charles gibbons thank you charles mr briggs the butler is sleeping out to-night isn't he yes miss he have leave to sleep at his sister's i happen to know he have gone to cremorne then when sir william and miss gower have retired do you think you could let me go forth and wait at the front door while i run across and grant my friends a hurried interview certainly miss if it reached the ears of sir william or miss gower you would lose your place charles charles haughtily i'm aware miss but sir william was extremely rude to me during dinner over that mishap to the entree a bell rings violently sir william he goes out the rain is heard pattering against the window panes rose goes from one window to another looking out it is now almost black outside the windows rose discovering her friends ah yes yes ah she snatches an antimacassar from a chair and jumping onto the couch waves it frantically to those outside dears the darlings the faithful creatures listening oh she descends in a hurry and flings the antimacassar under the couch as miss gower enters at the same moment there is a vivid flash of lightning miss gower startled oh how dreadful to rose frigidly the vice-chancellor has felt a few words he has addressed to arthur and has retired for the night there is a roll of thunder rose alarmed miss gower clings to a chair mercy on us go to bed child directly we will all go to our beds hoping to awake tomorrow in a meeker and more submissive spirit kissing rose upon the brow good night another flash of lightning oh don't omit to say your prayers rose and in a simple manner i always fear that from your peculiar training you may declaim them that is so out of place oh another roll of thunder rose goes across the room meeting charles who enters carrying a lantern they exchange significant glances and she disappears charles coming to miss gower i am now at liberty to accompany you round the house ma'am a flash of lightning oh her hand to her heart thank you charles but to-night i must ask you to see that everything is secure alone this storm so very seasonable but from girlhood i could never a roll of thunder oh good night she flutters away the rain beats still more violently upon the window panes charles glancing at the window phew great heavens he is dropping the curtains at the window when rose appears at the folding doors charles miss rose coming into the room distractedly miss gower has gone to bed yes miss oh a flash of lightning oh my friends my poor friends and mr briggs at cremorne really i should hardly advise you to venture out miss out no oh but get them in in miss rose indoors under cover a roll of thunder oh wringing her hands they are my friends is it a rule that i am never to see a friend that i mayn't even give a friend shelter in a violent storm to charles are you the only one up i believe so miss 
Anyhow, the women servants is quite under my control. Then tell my friends to be deathly quiet and to creep to tiptoe. The rain strikes the window again. She picks up the lantern which Charles has deposited upon the floor and gives it to him. Make haste, I'll draw the curtains. He hurries out. She goes from window to window, dropping the curtains, talking to herself excitedly as she does so. My friends, my own friends, ah, I'm not to sneeze in this house, nor to sing, nor breathe next. Wretches, oh, my wretches. Blowing out the candles and removing the candlesticks to the table, singing under her breath wildly. Ever of thee I'm fondly dreaming. Mimicking Sir William again. What are ye upon the floor for, my dear? Have we no cheers? Do we look cheers here, Trafalgar? Charles returns. Charles to those who follow him. Hush! To Rose. I discover them clustered in the doorway. There is a final peal of thunder as Avonia, Gad, Colpoise, and Tom Wrench enter, somewhat diffidently. They are apparently soaked to their skins and are altogether in a deplorable condition. Avonia alone has an umbrella, which she allows to drip upon the carpet, but her dress and petticoats are bedraggled, her finery limp, her hair lank and loose. Avonia! Avonia coming to her and embracing her fervently. Oh, ducky, ducky, ducky! Oh, but what a storm! Hush, how wet you are! Shaking hands with Gad. Ferdinand. Crossing to Colpoise and shaking hands with him. Augustus. Shaking hands with Tom. Tom Wrench. Avonia to Charles. Be so kind as to put my umbrella on the landing, will you? Oh, thank you very much, I'm sure. Charles withdraws with the umbrella. Gad and Colpoy shake the rain from their hats onto the carpet and furniture. Tom quietly to Rose. It's a shame to come down on you in this way. They would do it, and I thought I'd better stick to him. Gad, who is a little flushed and unsteady. Ha! I shall remember this accursed evening. Oh, Fardy! Hush, you must be quiet. Everybody has gone to bed, and, and I, I'm not sure I'm allowed to receive visitors. Oh! Then we are intruders? I mean, such late visitors. Coolpoise has taken off his coat and is shaking it vigorously. Oh, stop it, Augustus. Ain't I wet enough? To Rose. Yes, it is late-ish, but I so wanted to inform you. Here. Bringing Gad forward. Allow me to introduce my husband. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Shh. I forgot. To Gad. Oh, darling Ferdy, you're positively soaked. To Rose. Do let him take his coat off, like Gussie. Gad, jealously. Vania, not so much of the Gussie. There you are. Flying out again, as if Mr. Colpoise wasn't an old friend. Old friend or no old friend? Rose diplomatically. Certainly, take your coat off, Ferdinand. Gad joins Colpoise. They spread out their coats upon the couch. Rose, feeling Tom's coat sleeve. And you? Tom, after glancing at the others. No, thank you. Avonia sitting. Yes, dearie. Ferdy and I were married yesterday. Rose sitting. Yesterday. Yesterday morning. We're on a honeymoon now. You know, the well's shut a fortnight after you left us. 
and neither Ferdie nor me could fix anything, just for the present, elsewhere, and as we hadn't put by during the season, you know, it never struck us to put by during the season, we thought we'd get married. Oh, yes. You see, a man and his wife can live almost on what keeps one, rent and caterer, and so, being deeply attached, as I tell you, we went off to church and did the deed. Oh, it will be such a save. Looking up at Gad, coyly. Oh, Ferdy. Gad laying his hand upon her head dreamily. Yes, child, I confess I love you. Copoise behind Rose, imitating Gad. Child, I confess I adore you. Tom taking Colpoise by the arm and swinging him away from Rose. Enough of that, Colpoise. What? Rose rising. Hush. Tom under his breath. If you've never learned how to behave. Don't you teach behavior, sir, to a gentleman who plays a superior line of business to yourself. Muttering. Upon my soul. Rum start. Avonia going to Rose. Of course, I ought to have written to you, dear, properly. But you remember the weeks it takes me to write a letter. Gad sits in the chair Avonia has just quitted. She returns and seats herself upon his knee. And so I said to Ferdy, over tea, Ferdy, let's spend a bit of our honeymoon in, doing the West End thoroughly, and going and seeing where Rose Trelawney lives. And we thought it only nice and polite to invite Tom Wrench and Gussie. Vania, much less of the Gussie. Avonia kissing Gad. <laughs> Jealous boy. Beaming. Oh, and we have done the West End thoroughly. That I've never done the West End so thoroughly in my life. And when we got outside your house, I couldn't resist. Her hand on Gad's shirt sleeve. Oh, gracious! I'm sure you'll catch your death, my darling. I think I can get him some wine. To Gad. Will you take some wine, Ferdinand? Gad rises, nearly upsetting Avonia. Ferdy! I thank you. With a wave of the hand. Anything, anything. Avonia to Rose. Anything that goes with stout, dear. Rose at the door, turning to them. Avonia, boys, be very still. Trust us! Rose tiptoes out. Colpoise is now at the card table, cutting a pack of cards, which remains there. Colpoise to Gad. Gad, I'll see you for pennies. Gad loftily. Done, sir, with you. They seat themselves at the table and cut for coppers. Tom is walking about, surveying the room. Avonia taking off her hat and wiping it with her handkerchief. Well, Thomas, what do you think of it? This is the kind of chamber I want for the first act of my comedy. Oh, Lord, your head's continually running on your comedy half this blessed evening. I tell you, I won't have doors stuck here, there, and everywhere. No, nor windows in all sorts of impossible places. Oh, really? Well, when you do get your play accepted, might you see that Mr. Manager gives you exactly what you ask for, won't you? You need to be satirical if you are wet. Yes, I will. Pointing to the left. Windows on the one side. Pointing to the right. Doors on the other. Just where they should be architecturally. And locks on the doors. 
real locks to work and handles to turn rubbing his hands together gleefully ha <laughs> ha you wait wait rosary enters with a plate of biscuits in her hand followed by charles who carries a decanter of sherry and some wine glasses here charles charles places the decanter and the glasses on the table gad whose luck has been against him throwing himself sulkily on to the couch bah i'll risk no further stake just because you lose sevenpence in coppers you go on like this charles turning from the table faces colpoise colpoise tearing his hair and glaring at charles wildly oh i am ruined i have lost my all my children are beggars <laughs> hush hush charles goes out left rose to everybody sherry gad rising sherry avonia colpoise and gad gather round the table and help themselves to sherry and biscuits rose to tom tom won't you tom watching gad anxiously no thank you the fact is we we have already partaken of refreshments once or twice during the evening colpoise and avonia each carrying a glass of wine and munching a biscuit go to the couch where they sit gad pouring out sherry singing and let me the cannikin clink clink rose coming to him be quiet gad colpoise raising his glass the bride rose turning kissing her hand to avonia yes yes gad hands rose his glass she puts her lips to it the bride she returns the glass to gad gad sitting my bride tom from behind the table unperceived takes the decanter and hides it under the table then sits gad missing the decanter contents himself with the biscuits well rose my darling we've been talking about nothing but ourselves how are you getting along here getting along oh i don't fancy i'm getting along very well thank you not gad is mouth full of biscuits not rose sitting by the card table no boys no vonya the truth is it isn't as nice as you'd think it i suppose the profession had its drawbacks mother used to say so but raising her arms one could fly yes and bright and crescent one was a dirty little london sparrow perhaps but here in this grand square oh it's the story of the caged bird over again a love-bird though poor arthur yes he's a dear rising but the gowers the old gowers the gowers the gowers she paces the room beating her hands together in her excitement she ceases to whisper and gradually becomes loud and voluble the others following her lead chatter noisily except tom who sits thoughtfully looking before him the ancient gowers the venerable gowers you mean the grandfather and the aunt the great aunt the great bore of a great aunt the very mention of him makes something go tap 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 at the top of my head oh i am sorry to hear this well upon my word would you believe it phonia boys you'll never believe it i mayn't walk out with arthur alone nor see him here alone i mayn't sing 
no nor sneeze even not sing or sneeze corpoise indignantly not sneeze no nor sit on the floor the floor why when we shared rooms together you were always on the floor gad producing a pipe and knocking out the ashes on the heel of his boot in heaven's name what kind of house can this be i wouldn't stand it would you ferdinand gad loading his pipe gad no avonia to colpoys would you gus dear gad under his breath here not so much of the gust dear avonia to colpoys would you nah i'm blessed if i would my darling gad his pipe in his mouth mr colpoys less of the darling avonia rising rose don't you put up with it striking the top of the card table vigorously i say don't you stand it embracing rose you're an independent girl dear they came to you these people not you to them remember rose sitting on the couch what can i do i can't do anything can't you coming to gad ferdinand advise her you tell her how to gad who has risen miss bunn mrs gad you have been all over mr colpoise this evening ever since we avonia angrily pushing him back into his chair oh don't be a silly madam avonia returning to colpoise gus ferdinand's foolish come and talk to rose and advise her there's a dear boy colpoise rises she takes his arm to lead him to rose at that moment gad advances to colpoise and slaps his face violently hey miserable viper the two men close tom runs to separate them rose rises with a cry of terror there is a struggle and general uproar the card table is overturned with a crash and avonia utters a long and piercing shriek then the house bells are heard ringing violently oh the combatants part all look scared rose at the door listening they are moving coming turn out the she turns out the light at the table the room is in half light as sir william enters cautiously closely followed by miss gower they are both in dressing gowns and slippers sir william carries a thick stick and his bedroom candle rose is standing by a chair gad avonia colpoise and tom are together miss trelawney rose running behind the screen men who are these people rose advancing a step or two some friends of mine who used to be at the wells have called upon me to inquire how i am getting on arthur enters quickly looking round oh, rose sir william turning upon him how <coughs> come you here i was outside the house charles let me in knowing something was wrong sir william peering into his face troubadouring troubadouring yes sir rose what is this sir william fiercely no sir this is my affair placing his candlestick on the table stand aside raising his stick furiously stand aside arthur moves to the right miss gower over the screen william eh your ankles sir william adjusting his dressing-gown i beg your pardon to arthur 
Yes, I can answer your question. Pointing his stick first at Rose, then at the group. Some friends of that young woman's, connected with the playhouse, have favored us with a visit for the purpose of ascertaining how she is getting on. Touching Gad's pipe, which is lying at his feet with the end of his stick. A filthy tobacco pipe. To whom does it belong? Whose is it? Rose picks it up and passes it to Gad bravely. It belongs to one of my friends. Sir William taking Gad's empty wine glass and holding it to his nose. Phew, yes. In brief, a drunken debauch. To the group. So ye see, gentlemen. To Avonia. And you, madam. To Arthur. And you, sir. You see, all of ye. Sinking into a chair and coughing from exhaustion. Exactly how Miss Trelawney is getting on. Miss Gower over the screen. William. What is it? Your ankles. Sir William leaping to his feet in a frenzy. Bah! Oh, they seem so out of place. Sir William flourishing his stick to the group down left. Be gone! A set of garish, dissolute gypsies! Be gone! Gad, Avonia, Colpoise, and Wrench gather, the men hastily putting on their coats, etc. Where's my umbrella? A hand with my coat here. Pon my soul! London artists. We don't want to remain where we're not heartily welcome, I can assure everybody. Open windows. Let in the air. Avonia to Rose, who is standing above the wreck of the card table. Goodbye, my dear. No, no, Avonia. Oh, don't leave me behind you. Rose. Oh, I'm very sorry, Arthur. To Sir William. Indeed, I am very sorry, Sir William. But you are right. Gypsies, gypsies. To Arthur. Yes, Arthur, if you were a gypsy, as I am, as these friends of mine are, we might be happy together. But I've seen enough of your life, my dear boy, to know that I'm no wife for you. I should only be wretched, and I would make you wretched. And in the end, when it arrived, as it very soon would, would be much as it is tonight. Arthur, distractedly. You'll let me see you. Talk to you tomorrow, Rose? No, never. Sir William sharply. You mean that? Rose, facing him. Oh, don't be afraid. I give you my word. Sir William gripping her hand. Thank ye. Thank ye. Tom, quietly, to Arthur. Mr. Gower, come and see me tomorrow. He moves away to the door. Rose turned to Avonia, Gad, and Colpoise. I'm ready. Miss Gower coming from behind the screen to the back of the couch. Not tonight, child, not tonight. Where will you go? Avonia, holding Rose. To her old quarters in Brighton Crescent. Send her things after her, if you please. And then? Then, back to the wells again, Miss Gower. Back to the wells. End of Act Two.